0: Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to Episode 63. In this episode, we have Eric Morganson joining us. Eric is a longtime animator with over 20 years' experience in the industry. He started out at Walt Disney Animation Studios with Meet the Robinsons, and uh, which was a really cool story in the interview that you'll listen to. Um, his last 12 has been as a senior animator at ILM, where he's worked on such films as uh, Rango, Ready Player One... Uh, Pacific Rim, um, all the Transformers movies, and uh, the most recent one, obviously uh, Bumblebee. Um, Eric has a uh, wealth of knowledge, having worked this long in the industry, as well as a very as still an excitement for animation, uh, which bled throughout the in- uh, the interview, as you'll see. Um, Eric will also be joining us as an instructor for our, one of our Creature Workshops class uh, this coming July. Um, so it was just really neat to kind of get him in on the podcast, someone who has that much experience, who's excited about animation as well as teaching. So uh, give a listen. Eric, first of all, I really just appreciate your time. It's always neat when I was looking at your resume, you know, you've got 20 plus years here in the industry. Yeah. And, uh, for me, and I know I'm sure our get our, our, uh, our audience, it's always a neat opportunity to get to talk with a lot of people like you who uh, maybe we don't have firsthand uh, accessibility, and it's just always neat to hear the uh, wisdom and um, the things that you've kind of gone through and to hear about that. So I really just appreciate you joining us on this podcast. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm
1: really happy to be here.
0: Very cool. Um, I usually like to, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this I try to keep things very conversational. So I'm always kind of curious to see how, you know, you got into this industry. You know, uh, looking at, again, your bio, it's been 20 plus years. So how did you get yeah. into animation? Was it something you always wanted to do or, and, and how did you get pick up on the training?
1: Yeah, well, it kind of, so kind of yes and no. Like I was, I loved animation as a kid. Like I grew up with all the, you know, uh, Warner Brothers, Chuck Jones stuff and um, Disney stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I always loved animation, um, but it was not my plan to get into animation as a career. It kind of happened as an accident. I went to a university, I went to the University of Oregon. And so I kind of got like a, the typical university experience where you get like a well-rounded kind of educational experience. You do a lot of different stuff. And the, um. They had a program there. I was in like a design and fine art program, okay. And I signed up for a class that was called motion graphics. And I thought it was like graphic design, but like you know, like logos and things like that. That was that was more like a you know, like an edited kind of graphic design kind of thing uh, in motion. Uh, But it turned out to be like a it was a weirdly titled thing. But it turned out to be like a traditional ish animation class where we we were doing pencil tests on like old style Bolex cameras oh, cool. a okay. whole bit and like developing film and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, like we did bouncing ball tests. It wasn't it didn't get into the production method of doing animation that you learn in a school like this or like the training that I eventually got at Disney. Um but it was it sort of got at some of those stuff. It didn't quite sink in in the way that it needed to, but I, that's how it started. <clears throat> but as I when I started with it, I didn't like it at all. It was so super hard. It felt like it took forever to get any results. I didn't like the results I got. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, this wasn't what I intended to do. And now I'm kind of stuck in this thing. And it was like a (laughs) year-long class. It was like one of the only classes where you sign up at the beginning of of the year, and then it goes for the full year. Everything else is term. So I was like, God, I don't want to do this for a whole year. This is super frustrating. But I I just felt like I can't let this beat me because it's going to eat away at me if I walk away from this feeling defeated. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to stick with it. Um, just out of some weird, determined, Grit, tenacity, huh? I guess, yeah, <laughs> strange. Like, I don't know, I don't know where that comes from. But um, so I kept going. And by the end of it, I'd invested so much effort and time that it was like, I, I kind of couldn't quit. And then I got an internship doing it. And then I'm like, well, now I'm doing this. And then I got look it. So it just kind of like went from there. And like, after a couple of years, I'm like, well, I guess this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So Anyway, that's how I got my start. And then, you know, after that amount of time, it, I realized that, no, this is exactly what I need to be doing because it's, it's the synthesis of all the stuff that I like. It's the synthesis of, you know, performance and drawing and design and, um, you know, sound and music and all the stuff that I'm interested in. Um, it's like every artistic form all put together into one and you can kind of pick and choose, but you really have to kind of you know you've got to put these pieces together to make to make something that's um well you can't you can use all of those elements to to tell a story and, right. and subtle or even you know you know w- to whatever degree that you want so it was like oh this is what i should be doing and i just needed to kind of like grind a way at it for a while until i realized that was the thing
0: now did you have any idea going into uh you said it was Oregon university right yeah the yeah. ducks all right yeah yeah um, did you have any idea of what you kind of wanted to do? Or, you, you know, as you said, this was kind of, end up kind of going, okay, yeah, this makes sense now. Yeah. But did you have any idea initially?
1: Yeah, I thought I was gonna end up doing like a graphic design thing or, okay. that's, what, that's what I thought I was gonna do. I thought okay. I was gonna do graphic design or some okay. industrial type design. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, and I'm, and I'm still interested in that kind of stuff, but I realized that, oh, I can do that and all this other stuff. right? right. I mean, it, there's there's so much, you know, you know there's, there's so much of those things that support what happens in animation. Right. Like you look at so many animated things and it has that as an element to it, either within the thing or to support mm-hmm. it and, and to promote it or that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, or to promote yourself as an animator, promote the thing that you made. So it's just right. a it's another component of it. And I realized that, oh, well, I can still do that. Yeah. For me, the hardest thing has always been to choose something because there's okay. so many things I'm interested in. And it's like animation was a little bit of a cop out because it's like, yeah, I got to focus on, the craft of it, and you know the fundamentals of it, but I can—it's sort of a cop-out in that I can still do all this stuff. Gotcha, uh, okay. and it still falls into the category of animation <laughs> in a way. So it was my way of not picking something. Kind yeah. Of yeah,
0: which is kind of neat because sometimes we we'll get people on here and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I always love drawing. I yeah. I, knew, I kind of want to go down this road, or you know, like you know, you know, Jason Ryan who. Uh, was going to be an accountant at first, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> I so didn't know that. Kind of, yeah. That's great. So it's just always kind of neat to see it, particularly in this type of field where you could do it at, you know, kind of almost any point in life, you know? So it's just kind of a neat yeah. opportunity. So, uh.
1: yeah, I think that's true for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, especially for, especially for students too. Like I think it's a, it's a good thing to, like you say about doing it at any point in your life, I think it's important to be, to like continually be a beginner at something like throughout your life, whatever it is, like different kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, animation is one thing where you, once you get into it, it's like you really can spend your entire life practicing this crap and never master it. right? Right, right. It's a decades long practice. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, you can dedicate yourself to this and kind of always be a beginner. Yeah. <laughs> always you're, just on, you're, just a, you're just a new version of a beginner. So <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, for me, there's a lot to be said for that. I think that's it's, cool. It's, it's valuable in that regard too.
0: So now how quickly out of uh, university did you land a first gig or how did that transition from there
1: yeah so I so as I was finishing I did a I did a post bachelor degree and so my last year was like a um, an animated film at that point I was I was pretty set on doing animation and I was I was that was what I wanted to do so I did that and then at the same for that last year I got an internship and I started working um, and this is this is how long I've been doing this at that point in time um, like to get any kind of amount of time on a Silicon Graphics workstation, that's what everybody used. Like if gotcha. you're gonna do high-end animation, you had to be on an SGI. And unless you were at like a, you know, an ILM or a, you know, or a PDI at the time, or uh-huh. I guess Pixar was, Pixar was definitely around because they were, you know, the Pixar shorts were big. Like Luxo Jr. was the big thing. Uh-huh. okay. Um, when I was in school, that's how, <laughs> that's how long I've been at this. Um, but to get any time on a Silicon Graphics workstation was super rare because there just weren't that many around. But I, there was a company in town that had a few of them um, and they were doing, they weren't doing films. They were doing like TV commercials and like what were called ride films, like location-based entertainment stuff. Okay. Plenty of companies still do that stuff now, but that was kind of what they specialized in. So I got an internship there and I was able to start training on those machines. They didn't have anybody there that was doing character animation. They okay. were doing like camera fly throughs and kind of like environments and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't have any, I didn't have any real mentors there about how to get into doing characters. And I didn't really have that training when I was in school either. Just no one really knew how to do it. You know, it was uh, very rudimentary kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but I was determined to do that. Uh, it was where I wanted to end up. I wanted to end up doing films. Okay. Um, so I kind of had that set uh, as a goal, um, and that was how I started. I, I started with that company, and I was there for two or three years. And They had really good artists. There, there were people there who were who their background was all fine artists, and they had kind of transitioned to learning how to use computers. So it was a good environment to me for me to be in. But it didn't have the it didn't have the component of, here's how you do, here's the process of doing character animation. Okay. So I had to kind of piece things together and figure it out by, you know, looking at Pixar short films or looking at Disney stuff or reading about things. And it's, you know, in my mind, I thought, oh, I can just figure this out. Uh-huh. And, and I kind of could look at things and sort of, you're like oh, okay i see what they're doing i didn't know why i didn't know that i didn't know enough about how the fundamentals work to know why you would do things in a certain way so there's a lot that's just missing because it's like well, i can make it look like that but i'm just putting pieces of things together and how they relate is kind of you know it's a little bit dicey it's kind of like well if you understand that these are the fundamentals then you're like oh okay well you wouldn't do that <laughs> that, doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't really relate to that it doesn't that doesn't go there so um, that was the piece that was missing for me. So I kind of, I was sort of able to do it. I could kind of fake my way through it, but I was sort of just stumbling through. It.
0: Gotcha. So how did you, um, cause you mentioned you did the Disney training. How did you get? I
1: did. Yeah. Um, there? So I, um, eventually I knew that if I wanted to get into doing movies, I was going to have to, I was going to have to either move to San Francisco or LA um in LA seemed kind of crazy it just seemed like seemed like an intense place to be and I'd done a little work there the company that I was at they opened an office there okay I was able to kind of be there a little bit and I sort of got the idea of and I'm like I could probably do this um but it's but I didn't have enough specific high-end like character animation stuff on my reel it was all you know again like I it was just kind of faking my way through it uh, to get into a bigger studio so there was that you know, it was it was that kind of catch twenty two of like yeah, to get the experience, you need to get in to get in, you have to have experience, um, kind of thing. So um, I kept trying and I kept you know applying to all these studios and I could I just couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I eventually moved to San Francisco and I started working for what was a it was like it was the dot com days, the first round of the dot com days. Okay, so company that was doing real time internet animation and they were doing a bunch of um they, they had a they had a contract with warner brothers to do like um to do like online real-time animations of traditional warner brothers characters it was one of the main things that we did there wow um we, it was really cool um and it was all proprietary software so i had to kind of learn some new stuff and it was all like there wasn't there wasn't a curve editor everything was like it was basically like doing stop motion animation everything okay. was like linear based, so you had to put in tons of breakdowns so i had to like kind of figure those things out and i had to like really study those cartoons that i grew up with and i learned a ton of stuff of just saying like oh okay well if i want to make it look this way i have to like really i have to really pay close attention i think that was the first time that i started getting that in my head of like oh well they're doing really specific things here you know it looks like oh they're just moving like this and then you know they take it you know, there's this pose and there's that thing um, but when you start looking at it closely it's like oh there's a lot going on <laughs> And that was kind of my first wake-up call of like, oh, the stuff we're doing, like, it's not looking right. It doesn't look like their stuff. It's so specific. Um, But, you know, I got in, I got into doing that. And then from there, um, what did I do from there? Some, oh, then I, and then I, that kind of turned into some other jobs. I ended up doing freelance for a long time. Okay. And then at a certain point, um, at a certain point, I decided that uh, I had had applied again to like Pixar. I think I got turned down by Pixar two or three times. And it's the worst when you get turned down by Pixar because they don't just say no, they just, and well, first of all, they'll tell you, they'll send you a letter and say, we're not, you know, we don't need your, we don't need your skill set at this time, which is like, <laughs> okay, it's, it's a really nice way of saying no, but then they also, they would always send my reel back to me. Okay. It was like, they didn't even keep it on file, and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> it back. We don't even want this in the building, just here, take it back, it's the worst. So, So that that happened a few times and it was just like super demoralizing. Um, But uh, so at a certain point I was like, well, I don't, I just don't have the stuff on my reel. Um, And I'd been using this proprietary software and everybody who was doing animation at a high level was using Maya and I had trained in softimage. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I got to learn how to use Maya. And so what I decided to do was I decided to um, come up with an idea for a short film animated film that I was going to do and I was going to use that as a test subject to learn how to use Maya so I just made myself a project and uh just basically looked at the uh at the online tutorials or not even tutorials I just looked at the the documentation okay like, how Maya worked and I, you know I used Softimage so I knew like what I knew what it was supposed to do I just knew what, where the buttons were essentially right. um and I kind of knew how to rig things and I kind of knew how to t- I kind of knew how to do all this stuff so I just went through and I built a character and you know storyboarded the thing out and modeled it and rigged it and did the whole thing and then animated it um and put this whole thing together I did the music even like spliced together music and stuff like that um so I did this thing and then same deal like I sent it off to studios and kind of got turned down and then I was working at a place and somebody was like you got to go to like go to SIGGRAPH like you know if you can't if, if you can't go to SIGGRAPH and come away with a job working in a studio, then you should just pack it in. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it. This is the well, real time. let do it, yeah. yeah. So I did, so I went, to, I went down to SIGGRAPH, it was in LA that year, I was living in San Francisco at the time, and I took my reel, and I was like, I'll just drop my reel off to all these different studios and we'll see what happens. Um, and as it turned out, no one was accepting reels, uh, except for like one game studio in Florida, and then Walt Disney feature animation. Um, and so they had a booth there, Disney did. And I was like, Oh, they they had all this, the booth they had at Cigarette was amazing. And they were showing all this really cool looking CG stuff. I'm like, I didn't even know Disney was doing the CG. Okay. Um, so this was like, just as they were transitioning from the 2d to the 3d stuff. Um, and they had some like real rudimentary like just basic stuff, um, kind of proof of concept stuff for Meet the Robinsons. For okay. Movie, Meet the Robinsons, and then they had some Chicken Little stuff. Now, Chicken Little was their first yeah. feature, so they were showing some of this stuff, but they still didn't have that much. They were still they were still just beginning, I think, on Chicken Little at that point. Um, and I was like, well, wow, this actually looks really cool. Um, and so I was like, well, here, can I give you my reel? And uh, and I I think I happened to run into two guys there at the, at the booth, there were these two guys, and I talked to them, like, super friendly guys. Um, and so we chatted for a while, and I'm like, oh, this seems great, like, this is amazing. And they're taking reels, so obviously I have to, get <laughs> yeah, so like, here, can I just give you my Reel? And they're like, oh, well, you got here, go talk to this person over there, um, and you can, and she'll tell you what to do. So I went over, and she's like, okay, here, fill this thing out, and then go down the street, um, to this place and you can hand your reel there. And I'm like, okay, I'll pull this thing out and look at the address and I go down the street. So it's good, like it's down like Figueroa Street or something like that, like 10 blocks away and it's at this hotel. And it's like, go up to the fourth floor and it's suite 302 or something like that. So I go up there and, and I'm walking down, I get up the elevator and I'm walking down the hall And it's this long line of people like all the way down this hall. And I'm like, wow, this really is the only place they can reel. So I get to the end of the line and somebody comes with the clipboard. Here's your NDA, you know, sign all the stuff. So I went through and filled out the NDA. And by the time I I was finishing and I got to the front of the line and I um, turned the corner into the, into the hotel suite where they were taking the reels. And I turned and looked and it was like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end where there's the giant warehouse okay. of boxes. It was like that, but it was floor to ceiling boxes full of demo reels. Oh and my it's so sweet, And it was just like, oh my, I mean, there were thousands. It was ridiculous. And so I was like, okay here's my nda and here's the real and that's the last it was like throwing it into a black hole and i was like <laughs> well that's the end of that here's and so
0: this I, in this haystack right now yeah,
1: so, so then that was the, and i'm like well i guess I, don't, I guess i'm not getting a job as a as an animator in movies so i went back to what i was doing I went back to san Francisco and went back to the animation job that i had and i just kind of forgot all about all that stuff and then like a year later i got this call and it was like hey this is such and such recruiter from walt disney feature animation um are you interested in this uh, program called the, the Animating Assistant Program? And I'm like, like how did they get my phone number? Like, I thought, this is a joke. Oh, I Someone, that. Someone's playing a joke on me. Um, and I'm like, what is going on? And then I realized, oh, maybe this was that did they keep it? Did they still have my stuff? Like it's been a year and I was like, this, okay. And I was like, sure. I'm interested. What is it? And, and, uh, I don't know what this thing is though. What can you describe it to me? She's like, well, I'm just a, you know, I'm a contract recruiter. I'm just sort of taking names. Uh, I'll, I'll put you in touch with someone who can give you more details. And I was like, okay. So, and that was it. And then it was like, someone's going to call you like in two weeks. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I'm interested. <laughs> Um, and so then I asked around to some people, like I, at that point I'd met some people who'd worked at Pixar and who'd been in different things. I'm like, have you heard about this? Like a, this Disney thing called the Animating Assistant Program? And they're like, no, I've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. I'm like, do you think this is some kind of scam? Like, are they, am I gonna, like they, they want to hire me to go down and like to get coffee for people and, or they're, gonna, and they're not gonna pay me for it? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I'm like, this sounds super weird, but I couldn't get any information about it. And then two weeks went past. I didn't hear anything. Um, and then two months went past. I didn't hear anything. And I'm like, wow. oh, that's the end of that. So, you know, I just kept doing what I was doing. I was, you know, I was doing animation and I was doing okay. Like I was making a living doing it. Um, but I was doing like, you know, video game cinematics and pretty much everything but everything but movies. Um, and so then like six months later, I get another phone call and it's another like contract recruiter from Disney. And they're like, hey, are you still interested in, in that animating? a And I'm like, yeah, but. Uh, so can you tell me more about what it is and like, what's going on? And they're like, Nope, sorry. I'm just a contract. I don't have the details, but someone's going to call you in two weeks. And I'm like, it's like, someone's playing a joke (laughs) on me. It's crazy. So I'm like, yeah, I'm still interested. Okay. And, um, but then two weeks later I got a call and it was, um, it was another recruiter from Disney, but it was someone who was actually at Disney and they said, Hey, I'm going to put you on the line with this guy, um, Mike Belzer. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll talk to, I'll talk to Mike Bell. So I talked to him for a little bit and uh, super nice guy. And he just, and he was just had a conversation and he was just like, so like, what kind of, like, what's, what are your influences animation? Like, what are you interested in doing? And we talked a bit and, you know, and I said the same thing, you know, that we talked about at the beginning where it's like, yeah, I grew up with Chuck Jones and like, the, you know, I love that kind of style of animation and I like, you know, all kinds of different, stuff but that's like it feels like the you know it's like that's kind of in my bones because I grew up with that stuff and he's like that's great and he's like here i want to put you on the line with somebody else and um he's like hi this is Steven Anderson and um yeah I just wanted to talk with you a little bit and so I talked with him we, had, we just had a nice chat and they're like okay well someone's gonna call you in a little bit and I'm like ah, they're gonna call you in a little a couple of weeks that's like the <laughs> story with these guys and so anyway so I got off the phone um and then like the next day I got a call and they're like hey can you be down here in a week and start this program, and I'm like, well, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I kind of live, I live in San Francisco, and I've got a job and a whole life here. Like, is there a way, that, like, and I don't even know what this is. Like, right. they didn't really describe. Can I, like, can I come down and see what you're doing? Like, what this thing is? And um, so, anyway, that I was able to put it off for a little bit. So, essentially, the way that that program works is they take four people a year, so one person per term. So every, you know, every three months they take one person. Um, and, uh, and it's basically, you go through a training program. That's like a school like this, except it's your full-time job. So I went, I did get them to fly me down there and, sh- and, and show me like, this is a real thing. And you're going to go through this training program and when you're not going to be just getting coffee for people, and like, $5 <laughs> yeah. an hour, like it's a real thing. Um, and I was like, well, oh, yeah, I'm already kind of working as professional. Like so it felt like a big step down. But it, then when I saw what it was, I was like, oh, God, of course I have to do this. Mm-hmm. It just looked amazing. And I talked to a bunch of people who were, working there as animators who'd gone through the program, they're like, you have to do this. This is like a, a, yeah. once in a lifetime, not even a once in a lifetime opportunity. This is a once in a thousand lifetime opportunity. And, um, and then it was like, okay, yeah, I have to do this. But I was able to postpone it a little bit just to kind of get my life in order the next yeah. term. Um, so I started then. So it was like me and another person started at the same time and there was a gap. Um, so there was four of us that year and we went through that program and it took about a year um, Now, is this what's now the Disney talent development? They probably have changed it and it probably has evolved into something else. Okay. Um, But it's essentially, yeah. And so the program is like, it's, so if you you look at, um, if you go from Steamboat Willie to Snow White and look at like what happened and that was 10 years between those two films. You look Uh at them and you're like, how is that possible? Right, right. The reason that's possible, I mean, you've probably seen those memos from Walt Disney where it's like, "Hey, we need to put together this school," and so they essentially kind of absorbed the Chenard School and turned, brought in their own people and created a mentorship program within mm. Disney of like the Nine Old Men, um, and that was the school they created inside of Disney. So that's what the program that I went through. That's what it had become at gotcha. that. Gotcha. And then it's pro- I'm sure it's evolved into something else, and it still exists there. Yeah, um, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you, and it's usually they take people from within the company to apply for it. Like okay. They, when I was there, there was a guy who came from imagine like three people from Imagineering and then myself and another person um, had come from the outside, but evidently that's uncommon. Okay. And it's still a shock. And it was just the director, Steven Anderson, somehow, like, I mean, this is the thing too, like people, you know, if you feel like, you know, it, it, Things just kind of can happen. Like <laughs> it's impossible that that reel that I put into that hotel suite with the ten thousand other ones ended up on the desk of the director of that movie. Wow, it's impossible. Like it's it's just not it's not possible. <laughs> but did and he's he you know like the animation was kind of crude. It needed a lot of work, but he looked at it and said like, this guy's got some cool storytelling ideas, and it's a complete thing. And like, we could get him, just with some training, we could get him to the, this level. Right. So he could really begin and be an animator here. Very cool. Um, and so, yeah, and that was it. And I still look back on it now, and it's like, it's not possible. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not possible that it happened, but it did. I'm not, I can't argue about it. But anyway, so uh, that's why I'm interested in teaching in a school like this, because that's basically how I learned. You know, I tried to do it myself, but after going through that program, it's like I couldn't. I couldn't do what I do now as right. parent, having not had that experience of having a mentor and having a, a very dedicated thing where it's like you need to be focused. You need to go through the process of here is how you, here's how you create uh, an animated shot. Right. You need to do all the steps. And that's
0: what I love about what we do here at IAnimate is it's the live classes, it's the live reviews. You, you're getting that one-on-one kind of you know similar to what we're doing right now where we're getting okay. that feedback. Um, you're getting. Your shots reviewed by someone like you, who's been in the industry for a length of time, who are going, like you mentioned earlier, yeah, that's you know that's a cool idea, but you know, yeah. and you're you're cutting down that learning curve, you know. Right. Um, uh, so, who were some of your uh, mentors there during that time?
1: Well, let's see, so my the mentor I had was a guy named Randy Haycock, and he his first movie at Disney was um, Lion King. So he went okay. through Cal Arts, Cal Arts program, and then started at uh, started as like a, an apprentice at, at, Disney. I think I want to say, I think Glenn Keane may have been his mentor. Okay. I think that's right. Um, but anyway, um, so his, and he was a great mentor. He was, he actually was an awesome mentor. Um, and one of the real important things he taught me, Um, that made a big impression on me was that you're gonna, and and Disney's that Disney studio is a specific kind of an environment. And the way that that environment works is that you gotta really hustle for every little thing. So if you wanna get, you start out with like the lowest C-level shots, and if you wanna get to be an A-level shot, Animator, you got to keep proving yourself and proving yourself a lot of times until you get there. Mm. Um, which is a, you know, it's a trial by fire kind of thing, but it's a really good way to learn mm. um, because it's like you have to, like, you're not going to miss anything. There's no, there's you're not going to miss any steps along the way because they're going to make sure that you do it four times brilliantly before you take the next little step to the next thing. So, his, the, one of the main things he taught me was just that, like, look, if you, like, it's not going to get handed to you, you need to take this C level nothing shot they give you. And pretend it's an A-level shot and put everything you have into making it great. Because that's what you're, you're not just doing this. You're also demonstrating that, first of all, you've got the drive to do it. And then second of all, that you can, that you can conceive of how to get to that point. So, so that was something he learned. He did it, like his first shot at Disney was this, uh, in The Lion King. I, I think I know it from the movie too, because I've, I've watched this movie a lot of times. <laughs> Recently with my son, I've got a son who's six years old and he, he likes this movie a lot. Oh, the original Lion King movie. Thank God he's got good personal information. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a shot with Simba, and he's way in the background. It's like at the end, and he's going back to Pride Rock, and he's gonna face the face scar or whatever. And there's mm-hmm. a, like a tiny line, and it's like it's like a, I don't think it's even like a shot where you see it um, full on. I think it's like a transitional shot where it's like it's somewhat like uh, you know it's it's somewhat and yeah, and it's yeah, and it's somewhat of a transition to something else. I don't think it's ever even clear, but it's tiny in the background. He just decided like, I've got this tiny little lion that's like a nothing shot that no one's really ever gonna see, but I'm gonna make it look like the best lion animation that anyone, best lion running animation that anyone's ever seen. And he was like, that was the thing that got me started because someone saw that and said like, okay, this guy's serious. Gotcha. I'm not messing around. Like, let's cool. see what he can. Now let's see what we can do with this. We'll give him something a little bit more. And that's where you wanna be as an animator when you get into production is you want them to see what you do and say, huh, all right. Okay. Well, let's see what they do with this. <laughs> let's see what she does when we give her this. Let's see what he does when we give her a little bit more. And then it's like, huh? okay. All right. A little bit more. You don't want it to be like, okay, I guess we'll give him something else. It's been a while. You want it to be like, huh? Okay. All right. Well, now what? Let's see what you give, Let's see what you can do with this. Nice. And then it becomes like this back and forth thing. So that was my, that was the way I tried to approach it. Of Like, okay, I want to show this in dailies. I want it to be like, like, huh? Okay. <laughs> you know a couple things huh let's see about this um so what were
0: some of your first things
1: that you jumped onto some of your c shots um so let's see the first i think the one of the first shots i did was um actually for a c level shot it actually um it was c it was a c level shot in the sense it was super short um and this this is a good learning experience for me too is that it seems like when you're a beginning animator a short shots an easy shot but sometimes they're the hardest shots because it's like in this 45 frames you need to sell these two ideas and it's like I kind of have time for one of those ideas uh, and so you're trying to put both of them so I had a shot with um one of the main characters in Meet the Robinsons this uh the kid named Lewis and it's the moment where um the the mom of the so he's a, he's an orphan and so there, the dynamic is that he's basically he's looking for a mother he's you know his mother has left him and um, abandon him, he thinks, and so he's you know there's there's this missing piece, and there's this moment where he's accepted by um, this family, and the mom kind of like invites him in to the family, and it's this moment of him realizing that oh wait hold on a second like all of a sudden he realizes that this was the thing I was looking for, and he didn't expect it to happen that moment, so it's like he's surprised and happy, and there's it's just it's a lot of emotion, and it's a very specific kind of thing, so it couldn't be just like oh great it had right. to be a- there's a smile but it's like there's but there's a lot going on awesome there. there and so it's like yeah you know that's a lot to to try and fit in I mean that's a lot to try and fit into that many frames in general but then it's like okay that's a really specific acting moment like how do you do that and so it was a lot of like trying 10,000 different smiles and, okay. and then also trying to like get into that feeling of like well, what would that feel like and how would that be and then I got to work really closely with I think that was um
2: I think that was that wasn't uh, that was
1: was that Nick Rainieri? Maybe that was Nick Rainieri. I think he was the Lewis lead. I think that's right. Um, I'm almost certain that's the case. God, I forget that. (laughs) Let's say it was Nick Rainieri. But no, I'm I'm almost certain that it was. because I worked a lot with Nick Rainieri. I ended up getting it went well enough that he ended up keep keep, keeping giving me those shots. Very cool. That was the thing. It, It worked well, but I got to work directly with him and i got to i mean that's a, that really is the thing like once you start working with people who've done this for a long time and and people who have a really good sense of those things and have, have had to solve those problems yeah over and over again and it gets easier and it's like that's the thing that catapults you to the next level is because they can just download that stuff on you and it's yeah. like ah i never would have not i you know it's like the not the not knowing what you don't know thing yeah. and like you start giving this information and it's like oh man light bulb there's no way i would have figured that out or if i did it would have been 20 years from now right, right right accident and you're like oh, i didn't even know how to think about it in the way that they're thinking about it much less do it yeah so there were a lot of those kind of moments so it was one of those things and then from there it was like again like okay that worked and then i got some more and then it was every time i had something and like even stuff in the back let's give it a little bit of character not to steal the show but enough to like give it some life, so it felt like everything had a had a life to it, and every every character had their own uh, initiative and their own thing that they're doing, even if it was just like a background mm-hmm. thing or whatever. And it was like I just like I'm just gonna put everything into this, um, yeah. And no, I just approached everything that way, and very uh, cool. And it was a you know it was the right way to it was the right way to do it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now,
0: you, did you work with Jason Ryan on that one? Uh, and you, I don't think I ever Robinsons, but I think he was.
1: I, I think he, he, he did work on Me Through Robinsons, but he was he. he he, he ended up coming on later. I think that's who, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he came on towards the end of that one and he had, like a, he had a big sequence at the end uh, with Lewis and he did a bunch of stuff. I don't know that I ever got any direct, um, I, don't know, I don't know if I ever got any direct notes from, from Jason, but the one thing that I did get, um, they had a lot of really good resources at Disney. Um, one of the cool things they had was, so for the supervising animators, they had all done like recorded lectures and it was basically just them talking about their process for doing animation and you know i'm sure that you, you recognize when you when you work at a studio you can sit down with like if there's 50 animators there um you know are, their shots are all going into the same film uh, but you could sit down with any of them and say like how'd you do that and they're all going to tell you something different yeah it's <laughs> like this guy's doing thumbnails this guy only does video reference this guy does no video reference. he just starts blocking it in and it comes out of some some weird genius part of their brain <laughs> does it this way, you know, that, and it's just, that's just how it goes. So everybody had done their own lecture on their own personal process for doing animation. Um, and so I looked at all of them. There were videos of all of them. So I just kind of, I just studied all these, um, these lecture videos. And then they had live lectures too that you could go to, but the, um, there's probably like 15 of these lectures and I looked at all of them. And so, I, you know, there's a bunch of them and they were all kind of like, okay, I see the process. I got to Jason Ryan's. And his was the most bananas thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. So, his way of animating was so he, he came from a 2D background. So, what he would do is he'd get a shot turned over by the director. He'd go sit at his desk. He would draw. Um, we had a tool there called, a, I think it was called like a markup editor. So, you had your video playback tool, and they had, you know, almost every studio has got a thing where they've got a, some kind of setup so you can draw over it so directors can draw over your stuff. But oftentimes, animators would use that drawover tool to do like, Secondary animation stuff, and you, you know, you just like test things out, like do pencil tests. So he would use that. He would take his, he'd take his layout camera, render it out with no characters in it. So he had, and he would do a video playback of just the background. So it was a camera move or something like that. And then he would take that markup tool and he would draw on fours, straight ahead animate his shot. So like, there's 140 frames, and he'd do the whole thing on fours, straight ahead animate. So in his lecture, which was like 45 minutes long. He had a shot that was assigned like 20 minutes before he showed up to do his lecture. He animated the whole thing on fours in like 30 minutes. And then he was like, uh, you know, this bit here, I think I'm staging the character wrong. And so he erased a bunch of stuff and started over and like, that's better. Cause now I'm open to the camera with this and I'm tugging on the thing there. And I like that. And that's better. And he did the whole thing. And then when he finished his lecture, he went and showed it to the director, got a couple notes, made his change. And then what he does is then he takes that hand-drawn thing, makes that, um, you know, exports that as a movie, yeah. makes it the image plane in mind, And then he would rotoscape his character over his 2D animation on fours. So within like two hours, he's got a rough blocking pass yeah. that's got all the breakdowns in it. Um, and so he would consistently, like I, our quota on those movies was like five feet per week. He would consistently do 50 feet per week. <laughs> And I've never heard of anything, I've never heard of anybody (laughs) animating that fast before. So I was just like, this is crazy. And so I like, go ahead.
0: What I love about this is that anybody who's taken a workshop here at IAnimate is probably cracking up listening to this because Jason uh, throughout the week. Uh, once a week, it's, so it's kind of like having a second instructor here at iAnimate. Oh, he yeah. Does a, he does a live weekly demo for two hours, and he does the same exact thing. Uh,
1: that's great. <laughs> I'm so, so it's happy awesome. to hear that he's still doing it. Oh, yeah. I've told people this over the years, and everyone's like, what? Are you serious? I'm yeah. The craziest thing. It just, it's fast, and he just and it, the
0: sketches are real rough, but he gets yeah. uh, a sense of motion and timing yeah. and stuff, and that way, yeah. once he gets into Maya, he already has an idea, and he's not trying to figure it out there in yeah. He's okay. I, I know about this and he'll, you know, once he kind of gets the blocking, he scraps it and kind of really starts working with it. Yeah. But he's already got, like you said, a blocking pass that he's yeah. pretty confident
1: with, you know? Yep. Exactly. He's got yeah. all the stuff worked out. So I decided, okay, I'm going to give this a try. Um, and for about two months, I did this exclusively. Very cool. But I'm going to stick with it and it was terrible and my animation looked awful and it really <laughs> held me back and it was I mean it was the worst um, but after a couple of months I started to get a little better at it and then after another month I was better and then after about six months I was pretty good at
0: it very cool
1: um, and the thing the thing about it that helped was that it forced me to figure everything out mm. I couldn't lean on oh well i'll just when that I'll, when i get to that part in the blocking i'll just i'll do that when i get there it just there's because there's nothing to look at right right so the thing it forced me to figure out was what are the feet doing because i had to be able to understand how much the character could move in the volume that they're in it, you know the legs are only stretch so far yeah yeah um i so i had to be thinking about where's the next footsteps happening footstep happening, where's the next foot contact? If I'm gonna shift the heel, what, what am I gonna do? And then how's the hip gonna shift? And because there's nothing keeping it on model, it's just drawings, I had to do all that myself. So I had to hold all that stuff on my head. It forced me to, that's cool, figure everything out and then hold it all in my head, even though I was doing the drawings. I d- it just forced me to do all that stuff. Right, right. And after the, it wasn't even so much of doing the, the thing. It was, it was that it was training my brain to, to solve all the problems first. That's great. Um, in the way that, thumb, you know, that, that, you know, ideally thumbnailing does right. but for some reason, for some reason, because there's no way to hide, like in your thumbnails, if you're off a little bit, or if it, if it doesn't, you know, if you can leave some things out and it's not going to be offensive to you when you look at your thumbnails, it's going to be like, I just don't have a lot of thumbnails there. I just right. haven't worked out that part. But when you see it, with your background plate moving and nothing happens for 12 frames, it's like, uh, I gotta put something in there. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna put something in there, it's like, well, it's, I gotta get the character from here to there, well, what happens? Well, the foot's gotta do, I have to get there, the camera, it has to lead the camera, so I gotta, like, well, how am I gonna lead the camera? Like, you have to solve everything. Right, right. Um, and so by the time I started blocking my character and there was no more like, I'll figure it out later. It was yeah. like, no, it's figured out. And so by the time I started blocking, it's like, now the blocking was super fast. Yeah, and it looked pretty good. You know, it was, it was cool like about, I knew what I was going to get.
0: What's cool about this is I uh, did a podcast with a, a gal Tina navrotsky who worked on uh, Cuphead, and it was a 2D animation. I don't know if you're familiar with the game, but it was uh, a 2D animation, literally hand drawn. They they scanned it in. Oh, wow. Uh, coming out here for uh, it's been out for a little bit for the Xbox and PlayStation coming out for the Switch. But uh, It's a 1930 style of animation. Um, oh, wow. But it was so really cool. And so I, was, I had a chance to talk with her. But one of the things that was really interesting, though, was just her, uh, her talking about the 2D side of animation was a lot of what you're talking about here where it made you um, really think about what you were doing versus jumping into the computer yeah. and eventually getting there, but not maybe necessarily knowing kind of how you got there. And yeah. so that sounds like what you're talking about there. You had to work that out a lot. And so you're, you're training yourself during that whole time
1: yeah yeah and it's easy to throw away drawings too like when you you do a pose you can spend half an hour trying to get your pose looking right yeah yeah um but when you got a drawing it's like wow it took me 10 seconds like (laughs) it's not great but i'll just do another one you know i can do way more drawings and that was a thing and that's you know same thing with jason ryan if he's going to do his if he was going to block that and pose stuff out um you know that's three hours that's not like that's not like 10 minutes right broad in 10 minutes yeah um and that was the other thing too was like well if i'm gonna if i'm gonna get faster as an animator and better as an animator it's got to be more immediate because it's so time consuming yeah i mean animation in general is just so time consuming anything you can do to make the process faster and it was like i just have to do this it's just the way to go nice
0: um yeah Yeah, has that changed much throughout the years now yeah Yeah. um you're still
1: i'll still use that I mean, I'll still use Thumbnailing, but I got to a point where I Didn't need to do the pencil test anymore Right You know, I'd spent enough time getting that kind of yeah. Getting it into me that it's like, okay, well now I know I know how much ground I can cover with a character That's this big, and I know what the puts in I know, what, you know how the weight's gonna work, and I know how to put the drag Here, I kn- you know, it's just like I ha- But I had to go through that trial of fire To force myself to do it um, And I think that if I had just been blocking characters in I probably could have gone through a whole career without ever You know, I could have just never force myself to do that gotcha. um so yeah i got to the point where i could just thumbnail it and it worked fine yeah um, and that's what i did the first when i started ilm uh, doing creature stuff that's how i started there i was just doing thumbnailing at that point but i was still like it was still kind of a funny uh it's still kind of a funny situation i worked on the first transformers movie there and I had this big, long sequence of this character that jumps out of an airplane and slides down this thing and runs across this thing and hides from these guys and goes behind this thing and does this and jumps into this car. Um, and it was like, I, the shot had been assigned to me and I'd been on it for two days. And one of the soups came by who had been like, who's like the lead on that character. And they're like, how's that shot going? And I'm like, oh, I'm just about to start blocking. And they're like, I've been at this for two days. Like, really? And I'm like, yeah, but, but I'm almost done. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, look, I've got all my thumbnails. Like I'm, all, And they're like... Okay. And then sure enough, like halfway through the third day, I've got like super detailed blocking plastic. I'm like, what the hell, Like, how <laughs> does that work? Like it just blew their mind. But I'm like, no, I'm, I'm almost done. Like I'll, now no, I'm just, a yeah, like I already know what I have to do. It's like, you know, once I get to the point of, of getting the character, I just put on some music or listen to something and it's just like, and you're there. Um, But yeah, they were like, I'm a little worried about this. And then they're like, what the, where did that come from? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean that was a thing. So then, so for the first, when I started ILM, that was, I mean that was my first process was always doing that. Um, and then, there, then there are just some movies where it has to look photoreal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or and it's human-looking-ish designed characters. Um, and for those, then I would shoot reference. Okay. Um, but for a long time, I didn't shoot reference at all at ILM, and everyone was like. You seriously don't do that, don't like that. <laughs> but for some things it's great like if, if you've got things that don't look like humans or like yeah. you know, a lot of it's creatures and things like that and it's like well it's kind of a synthesis of some different animals and you can look at some reference but you still have to go study it and then you got to blend some things together right. and it's like well it's got six legs like okay it's kind of an insect but it looks like a gorilla and it's like well okay
2: but you
1: got you sort of like okay i've got a lot of room to make stuff up now i can okay. just make it up and uh, and then, you know, then the thumbnailing comes in handy because it's like, well, all right, let's just do the mechanical stuff and figure it out, and then I can get everything, you know, it's the same kind of process. But so it's it's basically I kind of dial it up and down depending on how um you know how fantastical the thing is, then I know I can go that direction. And if it's really super photoreal, then it's like, okay, now I gotta lean on the um the video reference stuff. That's
0: pretty cool though. You got your uh Batman utility belt and you can yeah you that when you need to, or depending yeah. on the shot and uh, project
1: yeah it helps i mean i think that's uh it was a kind of a surprise to me i of so once i'd arrived at that way of working i kind of thought well I'll, this is just a, always the way i'll work it right. worked great um until it didn't until it was like uh this doesn't look photoreal enough and i was like oh no what am i gonna do and it was like oh shoot like this shit's irre- <laughs> <references> <laughs> that, and like and then just break that down and like oh it's kind of like having the pencil test i did but it's just me acting it out it's just like right it took me a while to get to the point where I could shoot decent video reference of myself. Like I just wasn't good at it. It was like another skill I had to learn. I just haven't okay. done it much, you know, I would do this thing where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to do six different versions of this thing. So I've got something to work with and I go and shoot it and I go back to my desk and i would be like, these all look exactly it's the same. same. <laughs> the same. <laughs> what happened? Like in my head. Like, <laughs> yeah. And now I can do it. Like now I can shoot video reference and I can do a bunch of different stuff. Know, That's like, pretty funny. Just, You know, you just stage it in a different way, like stage yourself. And then like, you know, I can get into a a different state of mind. And it it was just practice. It's another thing where you realize like, oh, this is another skill you have to develop. It's not just like, well, you're either good at it or you're bad at it. It's like, well. That's a cool point. So
0: any any advice, and and maybe you'll hit upon that, because you'll be teaching in our Creature 2 animal behavior uh, class in July. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get more into that here. But just any quick tips on how to... Shoot reference and get different uh, looks.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, of course, that's. I mean, it depends on you know. For creatures, it depends on what if it's a humanoid type creature. um, You know, you you know for typically for the stuff like we'll we'll do at ILM, it's less acting and more just creature behavior kind of thing. So it's that kind of stuff that usually falls into that category. And so then it's just like then you're going to find some like find some kind of relative reference of like, if it's a creature that kind of relates to some animal usually or something in the natural world. And so you spend a lot of time looking at that and saying like, okay, well, and mechanically, how does this work? Try and, you know, you gotta have to find a way to get that in your body a little bit. Okay. But you can just kind of, you know, you can kind of do it if it's a gorilla looking thing or if it's a dragon looking, you know, whatever it is, like some, somehow you gotta kind of find the physicality of that. Um, and again, that's kind of practice type stuff, but it it helps like, I mean, it it helps to do some kind of physical, physical activity that requires you to be able to get your body to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I know that that it's necessary, but it's probably helpful. Okay. Um, and then, and then in terms of like the, and you just have to be clear about what the motivation of the character is and what, what's the point of the shot. Mm. Um, and so just like spend a lot of time talking to your supervisors and directors. And it's like, well, why is, who is this character? What are they doing? Why are they doing what they're doing? Why, do, why are they there? How do they relate to the environment and the other characters and things like that? And what's the point of it? Where's it coming from? Where's it going? And you quickly are gonna narrow down the possibilities of what it is. And that's your friend. Like it feels like in animation, like those limitations or, um, they kind of stifle your creativity, but um, but I think it's the exact opposite. Right. Thing, that the, those limitations are quickly become your very best friends because it's you know if it's if it can be anything, it's the worst. Yeah, a thousand different things. <laughs> you want it to be, you want it to be ten different things at the most, but a thousand things is that's going yeah, to stifle you. too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's narrowing it down as quickly as possible, and then you're then you can work within that. But it's um, you know the tricky thing the tricky thing is finding some entry point into the state of mind of whatever the thing is. Right. So it's, you know, it's finding some kind of motivation. And if it's a creature, it's like, it's usually base level stuff. Like you're chasing food or you're um, looking for a mate or you're um, you're being threatened or you're trying to protect your young or, you know, whatever it is, you're protecting something. And, and, you know, then it's just that. And like trying to, you know, we're human beings, but we're animals too. And like, you're thinking about like, what does it feel like when I get angry and I lose my temper or what does it feel like when I'm scared? And, and I'm not thinking rationally and that mm. kind of stuff. And so it's, you know, you can use that same kind of sense memory stuff. Gotcha. Of, um, well, that's, yeah, there's something, there's something there, something point into it. it in the same way that you would, if you're doing an acting performance of a character, trying to find the entry point into the state of mind of that character, it's, you know, a similar kind of thing with, um, with animals and creatures too. Like there's something there, right? Like it's, it's not like we, you know, it's not like we're so detached from it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what it would be like <laughs> to be a cheetah trying to catch a gazelle. like. I think I know. I yeah, think I, yeah. I've been hungry. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been trying to catch something. Like I think I, you know, I've been chasing after stuff. I think uh-huh. I could kind of get. So yeah, you got to find some entry point into it. And then cool. there's there's specific animal behavior that's just it's just the way the animals be. Yeah, yeah. You know, they conserve energy in in really specific and and fundamental ways and you know, then there's that. It's that that kind of bit of too. Like it's, you know, there's a reason that every lion you see running looks pretty similar, you know. Mm not in human beings you can see like you know 10 different people right that's not even the same it's not even the same kind of creature yeah 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 watch 10 different people run and it's like okay that's you know an nba player as opposed to a sprinter and it's like that's not that's not even the same kind of creature yeah yeah so you know there's that bit too
0: um do you enjoy the process of of learning because you mentioned just you know the each creature and this and that do you enjoy that process of just learning about how each creature Oh yeah, moves and uh, acts and things like that. I mean,
2: there's such a
1: library. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, it's it's the best being forced to do it. Like I gotta (laughs) figure out. Like gotta figure out chimpanzees. Like this whole movie's chimpanzees. You gotta figure this out, and it's like, oh, good. Like I haven't done that before. Okay, great like we don't look at a lot of chimpanzees by the time I'm done with this, I'm going to know how chimpanzees work. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the best parts of animation is that you get, you're just given permission to like focus on Mm. something down to a granular level that you just wouldn't otherwise. Right. 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 Um, there's, there's just no need to, you're not going to become a, you know, you're not going to be Jane Goodall um, or you are, you know, but uh, you know, in animation, it's like, well, I'm going to do that for a while. I'm going to yeah. focus on that for a while, but then I'm going to move on. And now we're animating cartoons Birds and or, yeah, or whatever, you know, or something that flies. Yeah. And it's, um, and that's the next thing. And
0: it's very cool. Oh,
1: okay. Hmm. What's that? How's this thing work? Yeah. it's the best. That's, that's neat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now how did you transition from Disney over to
1: ILM? Um, let's see. So that when I was at Disney, um, so I went through that training program and then I spent about, um that was kind of a funny deal so that that period in time was right when um disney bought pixar okay and so we were just we were like maybe 80 percent done with animation on meet the robinson and i had just finished the animation training program so i was going to have like three months on meet the robinsons and then move on to whatever the next movie was and there was a few that were in production that being greenlit it was like them i think they had rapunzel which eventually became tangled that was that was in production that was like you know, ready to go um, American dog, which became Bolt, was Bolt. ready to go. And then uh, something called Joe jump, which became Wreck-It Ralph was ready. Oh, okay.
0: To go. I know that was um, so everything was different.
1: Everything was different stuff. And the That's reason funny. it was different was because when the Pixar brain trust came in, they looked at all the stuff that was being done and they were like, stop, <laughs> stop. Um, and start over with the mm. stories. And so there was like, um, and they did the same, they didn't quite do that with Meet the Robinsons, but they, they had some issues with um, some points. Uh, so they had some issues with it. And so basically we went from being like 80% done with animation down to like 45% done with oh, animation. Wow. Which for me ended up being a good thing because it meant that I got like another almost year working on that
0: movie. Oh, very cool.
1: Which is great because I'd already gotten started and I kind of like, you know, people could kind of see what I was doing and I ended up kind of like getting up to A-level shots in that amount of time. Whereas if otherwise would've, what would have happened was um, when they stopped working on the other productions, there was like a year where nothing was going on. They weren't mm. doing any, and it was people just doing tests. So I got some real production experience and that that was great. But the thing that was not great was that they let half of the animation staff go because there was nothing to do Oh, okay. In that yeah. amount of time. So they had like a, hey, there's gotta be a little bit of an, a readjustment in numbers. And everyone was like, oh, well, it can't be that many because we've got all these movies we're doing. So they're like, yeah, just, you know, we're going to do this. And it's going to be next week. There's going to be a little. And so everyone was like, Oh, probably like a couple people. And then when it was all said and done and everyone was comparing notes, it was like, that was half of, it (laughs) it was like, Oh my God. And so I was the last person who was hired at that time. And it was like, there was no chance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So, so I was, so I was gone, but I, but I talked to some people and they're like, look, like they're going to get things set up again and they're going to ask you to come back. Gonna, so don't worry about it. Um, just, yeah, just hang out. And at that time it was really cool the way they did it. Cause they had a, they had a job fair, Disney put on this job fair and they just let all the other studios come in. And it's like, Hey, we got like 50 animators or some pretty awesome animators. And they, I mean, some of those animators were just like crazy good. Mm. Um, I mean, it was just, a, it really was just a numbers thing um and so everybody just got snapped up by all these studios and uh i didn't have a reel yet i couldn't show any of the Meets the robinson stuff yet because it hadn't been in the theaters it was just ah. finished but um but i met with some folks at ilm and they were like wow like tell you what if you can come up and just show some maybe you can show some stuff and just not leave it with us i'm like, "Yeah." I can so I managed to kind of sneak some shots out <laughs> real and I went and, and met with them and, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to hire a couple of people to, to finish up this Transformers movie. I don't think I, I, don't think they even told me at the time they were, they just said like, we got a three month contract. And I was like, perfect. That's the perfect amount of time. Cause then I can start back at, I'll go back home, start back at Disney and nah. all good. Um, so it was, I was either going to go on to, it was like a pirates movie they were finishing or Transformers. Of course I ended up on Transformers cause it was a keyframe show instead of a, motion capture show gotcha um, and uh and so then i did that for three months and it was the it was sort of like after being at disney it was like being on krypton and coming to earth uh because i could i was just like tearing through stuff and i did like I, people were really struggling with a certain character that had all these pieces and he was kind of complicated um but just because of all the stuff i had done with like sketching things out and doing the pencil test really like it was just super easy for me to do and it kind of like physically related a little bit to one of the characters that i had been working on that was like a longer kind of spindly thing and i'm like I, can, I know exactly what to do with this and i just did i just cranked out shot after shot with this character where no one else wanted to animate the characters it was like this character is impossible to animate but we had the rigs we had at disney were broken rigs so that meant that there were there was no I mean it, it, every single piece was IK so it wasn't like you move the hips and the chest and the head come with it you okay the and the chest and the head stay in place uh-huh. and they did it that way that was like an Eamon Butler thing he felt like everyone here is used to drawing everyone knows how to keep things on model it's a lot easier to fix things later if you don't have to worry about one thing affecting another and some animators who were going from 2d to 3d were having a hard time with that okay. The hips, what? Then that moves this stuff? Like, what? What's the... So they just made it so that everything's broken. So anything, you just had to keep it on model, um, which is a crazy way to work. I've never heard of anybody. <laughs> yeah. It forced you to keep, it forced you to pay attention and keep everything on model. Very cool. So then when I went to um, ILM, it was like, this stuff is super, like, you just move, like, it all just stays together. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So it felt like everything took half as long. Okay. And I got assigned, like, one shot on this sequence. And I ended up doing, like, the entire sequence that, like, probably, like, eight people would have animated. Wow. And I did it, like, in no, and they were just like, what the hell? What's going on? You were on the again? Jason Ryan over there it kind of was yeah like they were just like this is crazy and so um so they just kept giving me stuff and i did tons of stuff on that movie i still kind of blows my mind looking back like i did so much stuff on that movie um so then three months turned into like hey do you want to like work on this other thing like there's another movie and i'm like yeah okay um but i kind of have to go like i've got another i think i'd set up a, i'd set up like another job back in la that i was supposed to start on i think it was like a rhythm Muse, Rhythm use was still around i was gonna start another okay. project there. And that was going to kind of bridge me to when Disney was going to hire people back. Um, so I was like, yeah, I can do a little bit more. Um, so I started working and they're like, it's only like four weeks. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can do that. So I worked on another thing. Um, and they're like, Hey, can you do this other thing? And I'm like, well, I I don't really live here. Like I'm (laughs) like, I kind of have to go back and like this. And so they're like, well, okay. So they, um, they, they offered me a, a position there and I kind of wanted to go back to San Francisco. Say, to yeah.
0: Back to hometown area. huh? Yeah.
1: So, um, so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll stay. And so then I, that was, then i was just there.
0: Very cool. That's it. That's and a neat, ever,
1: been there ever that Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a neat opportunity on how that kind of just settled and worked out.
1: It just, yeah, it's kind of the thing, but I, I think that's kind of how it goes. Like once you get into a place and you're, you know, people can see like, Oh, this person pretty easy to work with and they're nice to be around and they get stuff done and they, you know, they kind of know what they're doing and it's sort of like once you're in there, you're just kind of there. And it's mm. like, oh, you know, it's it's sort of like, you know, people who start out as an intern in places and it's just like, huh, wh- oh, just give it to him. He's he's here. Give it to him. Like, <laughs> you know, or give it to her. She's she's an animator, right? She's you right. know the animators, like give her that thing, see what she can. You know, if you can and if you've got enough, um, those opportunities when they come, you don't need that many of those opportunities. When I look back at my career, it's like I've had three breaks to get to like kind of the top level of right, right. You know, senior animator, and it's like not that many. It's not yeah, really at that many at things.
0: Your bio: uh, about twenty years, but twelve of those have been a senior animator.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, like that's more amazing. than half. Yeah. yeah, so it's and I didn't start out, and I didn't, you know, like some people that they go get out of school and then they get a internship or they start out as a entry level animator at a studio and then they just kind of go from there. And I didn't, I didn't have that either. Like I spent <laughs> ten years with kind of like i'm trying to get into movies and then i just had like that disney thing was like the like again like it's still impossible like that that reel ended up on um (laughs) and then to make it to bring it full circle again too so when i went to to uh that time and i was at the disney booth talking to those guys it turned out that one of those guys was steven anderson oh wow it just randomly and the other one was um oh god i'm gonna forget his name now a real famous uh, story artist he was the lead story artist on meet the robinsons and i'm, I'm forgetting his name but, uh it'll come to me um oh, god it's killing me then i am forget the name but so it was those two guys and they're close buddies and they i mean they were essentially they were the story department on that on that movie um then steve became the director um, yeah, and I was just kind of chatting with those guys and it was just super random that they happened to be there And they I think I talked to him about it later. And he was like, yeah, we just happened to be there. Like we just stopped by <laughs> It's one of those things where it's just such a weird like it's all everything about it's weird, but it's <laughs> you know, again like it's impossible but You know, I think it's like the thing like if you just go like just show up and put your stuff out there That's just how it's always gone for me. It's just like just do like if there's an opportunity just do it and it, ends, it might not end up being the thing that you think it's going to be, but it'll, it'll turn into something.
0: That's cool. Uh, so I actually have one of my questions I have. You know, you've been here in this for 20 years. What does it take, in your opinion, to be successful in this industry?
1: Yeah, you just have to not stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there was a lot of points where, you know, I got turned down a lot you know, I tried to get into doing movies for a long time. And that was a thing. I just didn't stop, to, didn't stop doing it. I was able to find a way to to do it enough and make it work enough that I could keep doing it. And I, you know, it probably helps to start a little bit younger too, where it's like, you know, it's possible that if I'd had a family at the time and I was trying to start that I might've made different decisions and, you know, but most people start this when they're reasonably young. That's a good thing. Yeah. And then just be flexible. And, um, you know, when opportunities come up, you take the opportunity, but, um, you know, there are the breaks. There are the opportunities that are a break where, the, where you break into something. Um, and then there are the opportunities there that are uh, the deceptive ones that you don't realize are opportunities. And those kind of are happening basically every day, all day long. And that's like, if you can work on something, if you can think about something, if you can force yourself to work a little bit harder, concentrate a little bit more so that when you, those breaks show up, then you've got some skills and you have some things to offer. That's the thing. Cause if those things show up and you're like, okay, I'm ready now. Now I'm going to start working. Now I'm going to start hustling. Then it's like, well, no, you missed it. Cause that, that opportunity was actually 10 years ago and you needed to start, you know, like do what I did where it was like, I'm going to try the Jason Ryan method. Uh. It's terrible for six months. and then My brain will chemistry will change somehow and I can do it uh, just by brute force Mm -hmm that's what it took so that by the time I got to ILM, you know, it could have just as easily been like, Hey, thanks for working here for for three months. See you around. Yeah. But it was like, I'd done that for so long. They were like, huh, well, this, this person somehow can do a lot of stuff and do things that other people are struggling with and he's not having a hard time with it. We should probably hang on to this person. Um, And that was it. It was a, it was a great opportunity and I was there at the right time in the right place. And then I also had taken the opportunity before to like, Put myself into into a position where I could just somehow distinguish. Myself. it off, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be that exactly. That, right. that specific thing, but something like you need to find a way to distinguish yourself somehow. Yeah. Um, and that's just that just that's just the grind of like, okay, you got to do it. <laughs> there's <laughs> no hiding from it. You just have to do it. Like, yeah. There's just no hiding from the hard work of of practicing it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, As a senior animator, what are you looking for in artists? What is it that kind of, like you said, that kind of helps distinguish them? Maybe someone who's um, underneath you, some of your artists that you manage. What is it it that you look for that kind of helps distinguish?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it'll depend a little bit on the on the kind of production that it is. But, you know, you can usually see when someone has good fundamental skills, like they understand you know, the fundamentals of weight shifts and, you know, enough anti- the right amount of anticipation, the right, you know, the amount of um, residual action or overlapping action based on how forcefully action is, that kind of stuff. Like some of those things are just universal and you can see that, oh, they get the timing thing and mm-hmm. they get the spacing thing. And they, like the arcs make sense and they understand, um, yeah, just, uh, I mean, that you, you really can't, you, you can't underestimate the value of all those fundamental things. Mm. Um, and when you see it done really well, it, it looks kind of magical. Um, yeah. And then, and it can be applied to all kinds of different stuff. So I feel like even like you could probably see an animator who's done like cartoony stuff. Um, but, you, but there's enough there of those fundamental things. You can say like, I, yeah, you can transition to doing realistic stuff. It's just a little bit of a different way of thinking. And you kind of have to grapple with cameras in a different way and you have to, um, but I mean, that was my background. Like my my real training came from doing um, feature animation stuff. But I didn't have a hard time transitioning to to doing VFX animation because it's okay. really like the fundamentals were really the same. The same, yeah. But I feel like I could recognize that in somebody else, and I think I think that's really what it comes down to. It's like you just can't you can't discount how valuable the fundamentals are. Yeah. So I'd say like that's where you have to be. You have to really put all your energy into that. Um, it's helpful when there's specific stuff, but you know you can get it's sometimes you see people get ridiculously specific like well this show i can see you've done a lot of animation and you've got a long reel but you've never done flying monkeys and this is the flying monkey show i've seen you can do things that fly and you've got monkeys on your reel but you know and it's like okay. and you put
0: those together you're like yeah
1: it, there's so sometimes you'll see that and i think i think that's kind of crazy um but I think that's, that's probably an indication you don't want to work at that place if they can't make <laughs> that leap. You
2: know, it's, like, it's supposed
1: to be an animation supervisor, but you can't look at this thing and, may, and bridge that. But, it, you know, that happens
2: sometimes. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, I mean, you know, that sort of is what it is. But, um, but I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like you should be able to recognize the, um, you know, the, the potential that somebody can fit into a situation based on the fundamental stuff. And then it's just personality thing. Like, do they, you know, the, do they have, you know, reasonable... Um, you know, or did, or are they someone that's reasonable to interact with? And you can usually get an, an indication of that too. I mean, that's one thing that I got to say, they've, they've been genius at, at ILM about, it's, it's almost uncanny how they hire people and every time a new animator comes in, they've worked for It's like, that is the nicest person I've ever met and they're super <laughs> talented. And it's every single one. And, that, and you realize it's, it's, a, it's a top-down decision where someone decided like, this is the culture we're going to have. Uh, and, and all the animators who are, who are making those decisions are like, we need to, at a certain point, it used to be that there were personality issues way back in the day there. Um, at a certain point, all the lead animators are like, we gotta, like this is rough. Like, we got to start, like, when those people start leaving, let's make sure they get replaced with people who like, are like, just, are just decent, reasonable people who are not going to fight about everything mm-hmm. and, and have good skin. And so there's that part of it too. And that, I mean, that's, some, that's another skill that you can develop too. And I've seen people, I've seen people kind of bite themselves on that stuff too. When I started, when I interviewed at ILM, there were initially two positions and, there, and I, I knew the other person who was up for the, who, who was also interviewing. And it was someone who had more experience than me. And he was a really good animator. But he made a couple of comments that kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, and there were people, I kind of think it was one of the person one of the people in the room interviewing had been like, had done some of the shots and he was criticizing. And it was like, <laughs> whoa, okay. that, Yeah. And and so it was basically like, they offered me the job. I think I also interviewed first. That didn't hurt either. Um, but they offered the position to me, even though I was more junior. Mm. And I didn't have quite as much stuff and, and quite as like maybe even high level stuff as he did. He was a really good animator. But I think they just sort of felt like, oh, they were just a little off put by, that and i know that guy and he's a really good guy but he tends to kind of like uh you know I'm everybody's sure, just and he's gonna dig into you like that kind <laughs> of, it's all good natured but it's it was it, it was enough to make them pause and think like oh, i don't know if we want that energy in here so yeah. there's i mean there's that part of it too where it's like you realize that okay this is a team effort and right um you know the answer is always like the director wants this and the supervisors want you to do that and it, and that's what you do. It's, gotcha. You know, you're you're there to to um make that happen. yeah, realize their vision and do it, you know, even if you don't like the ideas, your job as an animator is to take their ideas that maybe you need, don't agree with and make them look great. Mm. Even if they don't work, even if they aren't good ideas, and sometimes <laughs> they're not. Sometimes you get directors who it's like, this is a weird idea and it's not gonna work, and we already know it's not gonna work. But that's the puzzle you have to solve. It's like <laughs> I am going to fulfill the note they gave me and make it look good. Yeah. And and then it's super satisfying, you know. You that's can take cool. it the attitude that ah, it's so dumb, and it's a dumb idea, and or you can say like, okay, this is not the way to go, but I'm going to make this work as best as is possible. And when they look at it. If you know if it works, then that's the way it's going to be in the movie. And if it doesn't, then they're going to know that. Okay, well, yeah, we gave it we gave it the best shot. The best shot. Yeah, I love it's that the attitude. Best version that it's going to be. Um, and if it doesn't work, then okay, well, now we know. And it's not like, well, you didn't try, or like that's not what I had in mind. It's like. Okay, that's better than I had mine and it still doesn't work. Or that much, <laughs> idea.
2: So,
1: yeah. And you, so yeah, you can tell when, when people are, are game for that kind of yeah, stuff. And that's where I you like need that. an animator for sure.
0: Cool. What are you enjoying working in VFX?
1: Oh, I, I love the variety of it. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to do a lot of different stuff. Um, done a lot of the same stuff too. I've animated every single Transformers movie, <laughs> including, the, including the new Bumblebee movie. I'd I like that one. It's I good. It was you know, fun. Yeah, I like that director uh, a lot. I mean, that's a that was like of all of those movies, that was the. I mean, uh, you know, that was the one where we had a real animation director, and so uh, it felt more like. And it was the mandate that it was more like the Iron Giant than like, you know, than a than a traditional Transformers. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was neat. It was very character driven and yeah, and much more emotional and it just as, it,
0: it. was kind of funny. and it was take, it was done kind of in the eighties, but it also kind of had that. Um, 80s uh, pacing and, and nostalgia in 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 its pacing and stuff. Yeah, it's
1: more Spielberg. It was yeah. that was a conscious thing. I was okay, like, cool. oh, does it Feel okay. like a Spielberg movie. Yeah, so it's like a little bit more like ET and a little yeah. bit more like, yeah, this isn't the this is not the typical Transformers. This feels like a like a traditional Spielberg.
0: Yeah, it just kind of had that, that 80s movie yeah. feel, you know. Not a kind of
1: yeah,
0: kind of not cheesy and the bad, but kind of that. Where it's just yeah. like oh, okay, that's you know, it's fun. You know, it was kind of that 80s st-
1: style. So yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun in that regard. So. Yeah, yeah, and it fit with the design too. It was yeah. like, it's in that era, and it also feels like a movie you would see in that yes. era. yeah, yes. like okay, yeah, cool. it was a great idea. Yeah, I, I love that concept too. We're all like, oh, this is like, oh, I see what he's <laughs> like, making this like a Spielberg movie. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and it felt that way in the camera. I think they used the same lenses and everything. And oh, it, interesting. Yeah, it was it was deliberately trying to be that. And so then those moments that feel more like a modern you know, like when stuff gets big and yeah. crazy, it's like, it, it kind of jumps out at you a bit more. Whereas typically in the Transformers movie, it's just nonstop bludgeoning of stimulation. Right, right. Um, and I'm very much, I mean, I'm fine with that stuff too. It's fun to animate those movies. I and bet, for yeah. me, like, um, it's been, it's typically more fun to animate those movies than watch the movies because they're just all over the place and they're kind of hard to watch. But they're super fun to do. Um, like I uh... think it's Michael Bay because he's, right. he's a great, um, he's a fun animator or a fun director to animate for because he's sort of like, well, make it look cool. All right. Make it look cooler. Make it look funnier. And, and he gives you space to do it. That's not nice. directors are like it's on frame 28 and it's like this. And he's just like, I don't know. Just make it look cool. And you're like, okay.
0: Your rule of cool. Huh? Yeah.
1: We'll do like, uh, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, I like that one too. So I had a lot of fun doing those movies and then, you know, we get to do a lot of different stuff too. And then it's like the Jurassic park movies are like, Photorealistic stuff, and then like Rango was like, yeah, I saw you real had that, that. That was fun. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cartoon movie, but it's not exactly right. And that was a really odd. I mean, the whole thing about that was super unusual. Everything okay. about that was the way that it was done was really unusual. Um, that was Gore Vinsky. He'd never directed an animated movie before. He shot the whole thing like a traditional feature. So he had all the entire. Uh, ensemble of actors. And so if you see a scene um, with the whole town together, he shot on a set all those actors mm. together. They built a set that looks in okay. proportions that you see in CG. And they had all the people in costume performing. And they had cameras with a camera crew following them around. And he, was, he shot it in the way that they storyboarded it out first. And then he shot the movie.
0: Um, How did so, that affect you for animation?
1: It was fantastic. It was, so we had the reference of a story reel. Um, the live action footage of them shooting the movie and then the actors. So they, we'd have the actors reading the line or saying the line in their ensemble performance. And it would be like Johnny Depp's there and all the other actors are there. Um, And then you'd have the actors in the sound booth reading lines too. So sometimes, so for a piece of reference, you might get, so like here's Johnny Depp reading a line. It might be the first third of it is from the ensemble thing. And he's in on set the next Third of it is from a sound booth, and he's by himself. And then the other part of it is he's back on set, but it's just him, and he's he's not in costume. And they splice them together because the director's like, "I like this thing," like that. Oh, and sometimes you get like the thing he did at the end doesn't relate at all. Just make something up. <laughs> sometimes it would be like um, <laughs> none of the, none of what he's doing works. Make the whole thing
0: up. Okay.
1: Um, and then there was one sequence where the director had an idea. This is what it's going to be. It's going to be this. Moment where the character's like really kind of internal and subdued, and he's just he's just been beaten down. And he's and he's just all of it's going to be just like him kind of deadpan, and he's just going to be like a little kid who's being scolded, and that's how he's, we're going to play him just that way the whole way through. And then when they saw it, it was like this doesn't work; it's mm. not enough. And that was how the actors performed it, and so it's like okay, we have to approach this in a different way. And then we made everything up.
0: Okay, um, they
1: just went a different direction with it, but it was the best. It was the best reference for for uh, an animated film that i've ever seen because That's it was, so much who huh? knew what the movie was and you could see that it worked and there was so much stuff there and then on top of that you get to embellish or change things or uh whatever but you know it was like he didn't want a cartoon movie he wanted a real movie uh-huh. that just happened to have cartoon that was animated yeah yeah weird characters in it
0: any reason why ilm hasn't done any other ones like that
1: i think people just haven't brought them to us okay. I mean, that movie was designed to be a one-off they were they were mm. he, re- he was like we're not doing this. this is not a sequel kind of
0: right i mean it'd be just any strange. other full feature
1: there's and- been talk there's there's been talk about it we've done tests for things and it just hasn't happened i okay. think it's just curious i think it's harder to do in a um i part of it's just like that's just how it's gone mm. um and i think that movie also didn't make like gobs of money um it was like a, i mean it won the oscar and it was critically acclaimed right but it didn't make you know it's such a funny it's such a weird balancing act with visual effects. The same thing with like the Bumblebee movie, like those Transformers movies that are so weird and like you know, the original ones and they're hard to watch and it's like so much stuff and people complain about it. And like, it, no one, if you look at the comments online, everyone seems to hate them, but they go they back and watch it five times and it yeah. makes like, 1.5 billion dollars. <laughs> you're like, everyone hates this movie and it made a billion and a half dollars. <laughs> and then like this movie everyone loves that you know the bumblebee movie and it's great and it's got all this stuff and it's like eh, it did okay it was kind mm-hmm. of a disappointment and you're like like no one like it doesn't make sense so it's right. like rango was a great movie and it's like it, there's so much there gotcha so much gotcha. into it and it's such a sophisticated movie in a lot of ways but it doesn't
2: fit into
1: a category quite and it's not for kids really and it's not it, it's just so it's you know, it's hard to quantify. So, I think that might have had something to do with it. Okay. If it had been like a major, you know, if it made two million, two billion dollars, and so right. we'll just do something like whatever, <laughs> just move some stuff around and we'll put a name on it and we'll put it out there. But yeah, yeah. that might have had something to do with it. But it's hard to know. It's 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 you know, it's hard to know how those things go. But okay. um, yeah, we, we've done tests, we did we did another test with some some core stuff that looked pretty interesting. Cool. Um, and it's just you know, it's just somebody's got to get funding for it. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's so that's always the, yeah, that's always <laughs> yeah. the, yeah. And it costs a ton of money, so <laughs> and, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. What was one it.
0: of your favorite films that you've worked on?
1: Um, I've had a few. I mean, Rango is definitely one of them. I really okay. like working on. Uh, um, Pacific Rim was super fun. Cool. Because Guillermo del Toro is, uh, is just the best. He's he. He is Santa Claus. Okay. What it comes down to yeah. He just is like some directors. Like this is the thing. Um, this is the thing you realize about directors is like or just or just managers in general. Like um, there isn't there isn't one way to do it. There isn't one way to motivate people. Um, but but I think it is true that you can get the same result with. Uh, in a lot of different ways it's kind of like different animators working in different ways you can get the same result and some people do it in different ways some directors um are just super intense maybe even a little abusive and they're just awful to work for you know it's always great but it can be draining and it can be like it can feel very adversarial and it can feel very like you're messing up and you're ruining the movie and blah 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 and, this this thing isn't any good and what you guys are doing is terrible and, and it's just all like it's just the it's the motivating with sticks rather than carrots thing mm-hmm. um and then you can look at a at a director like Guillermo del Toro, at least with the way that he dealt with us was like everything was like guys this is great this is so good <laughs> also let's do this and everything was that it was never like no 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 that's no good or this isn't the right thing it was always like I love it yes, yes, this is it. And then also let's do this thing. And his suggestions would always be like, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. Very so cool. Always like plussing things out and pushing things. Mm. And he just had the, it was just the best uh, experience. That's cool. Was, and so much so that like, typically how it goes, even if you're working with a director who really likes what you're doing, there'll be a few daily sessions where it doesn't go well. And it's like, they don't like anything that day. And it's, it's just a lot of pressure for you know it's a, they're under a ton of pressure and so that sometimes they have bad days and or sometimes you just you're off the mark on stuff or the pressure's on and it's like we got to get this thing done and it's not quite it's just not looking good yeah, yet yeah yeah and uh and it's just and you walk out of that daily session just demoralized <laughs> and so like we had session after session with Guillermo and we kept walking out like everyone was having this feeling of like what's going on like every one of these is good. Like when, when does the bad one happen? Where we all like, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop and it never (laughs) happened. We just, and eventually we just realized, Oh, no, this is just how he is. Mm. Um, but I have a great, and so I don't think, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a coincidence. And I don't think that was like something that he kind of manufactured. I think he was just so excited about being there. So I had this experience. Um, when that movie started, I happened to be walking down the hallway and it was the first day that he showed up, to ILM to address the crew. So it was right at the beginning when we started production. And um, I was walking down one hallway and he was just having to be crossing the other way. And I was kind of down further back. So he wouldn't have noticed me. I could see him in the distance. I'm like, ah, that's Guillermo del Toro. And the the executive producer on the movie was leading him towards the production area of of that film. And I could see him and he's walking behind that guy. And he's kind of like, here's this thing and here's that thing. And and he's kind of showing him all this stuff. And Guillermo was like, looking around like, (laughs) I'm an ILM. This is, wow. and you could see the look in his eyes, like like a kid, uh-huh. and it was just. I mean, it made. I mean, it kind of like made. It. It just. I could feel it. You could feel right. it. You're like, you know,
0: this like, is going to be fun.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a private moment he was having because the other person wasn't looking at him. He was just kind of showing him stuff, and he was walking behind. And so this. So the producers walking away, and he just kind of stops. And he's just looking at all this stuff because in the hallways they've got all this kind of different stuff from different movies and artwork and maquettes and all this kind of stuff. And um, and he's just like looking around and you could see he's and he's just nodding his head and he had this look in his eyes like, I am doing a movie at ILM. And, <laughs> and it was just a bet like it, it really like made my heart skip a beat. Like, I, I could, That's cool. Like, it, it was really something. And. And he just stood there. And the, I don't know how far away that producer walked before he realized that he was still back there. But he was gone for like a minute. And then he, found, he was like, where is he? And he like, okay. Um, but yeah, so I had that moment where it was like, I'm watching him and he didn't know I was there. And he was having this kind of private moment looking at all this stuff. And I'm like, this guy, this is going to be a special movie. Very cool. He really, he, yeah, he's, this is not messing around. So then he, he addressed the crew and it was very much like, that was the statement he was making of like, "Hey, look." You know I'm not thinking about anything else. this is what I'm putting all my energy into. This is a really silly movie. it's all based on like it doesn't make any sense like none of this movie makes any practical physical sense. It's just about looking cool and being fun make yeah. it' super fun and you know it's just it's all just like a love letter to crazy mech anime weird <laughs> stuff. And, and I was like, he means everything he's saying. This isn't just a, you know, this isn't just a ploy to try and get to win people over. I'm like, he really believes all this stuff because I had cool. seen him have that moment. And so, yeah. And then the whole thing went that way. It was just everything about his his direction style and everything was just like, he was just all love and it was just the, it was just the best thing ever. And it was cool. Fun to do. And it was just like, yep, this movie doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. It's just, <laughs> going to be fun. Super fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was. yeah, That was a good one. But I mean, they've all kind of been good in their own way.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Rango was a special one too for that one. Yeah. For any that reason.
0: Characters you've got to work on that kind of stand out.
1: Oh, uh, let's see. I liked animating those Transformers characters. Cause they were, um in a way they were um they're so simple they're just the masses of the body are so obvious you know it's like you got a big chest and you got they're kind of like the big superhero-ish mm-hmm. apes and they're exaggerated and then you get all these weird things that stick off them so you can do all this weird secondary animation cool. yeah yeah And a lot of them are really big and so it's fun to kind of add weight to them and try to make things but yeah I had a ton of fun doing those like making like I can make it so it's like it's a cartoony thing and I can do like cartoony like overdone motion because they're big and, and like stylistically designed but then I can put all the realism into all the secondary stuff mm-hmm. and add weight to it that way and it was just yeah those are really fun to do
0: that's cool um,
1: yeah and then the Rango ones were fun to do too like every single one of those characters when we looked at the production art, it's just like oh, I want to animate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I got to animate just about every single one and it was just like yeah, those are the best too like yeah very cool yeah those are good ones
0: now I know you mentioned a little bit here earlier too, um just the style, but what is it that you're looking forward to teaching here at iem um
1: i'm you know I'm happy to teach anything i it's um I've taught some animals and creatures stuff, so I'm interested in doing and doing that again and again it's like um you know the way it goes at i l m is you'll work on certain shows and you can go for a long stint of doing certain kinds of things um and it there's a lot of variety and it's it's been a while since I've done some like real creature-y type stuff. Mm-hmm. So that sounds exciting to me right Very now. cool. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, it's, it'll be fun to get back to that. And right now, the, I'm doing kind of a secret project. Uh, and it's all like super detailed, realistic facial animation. And like mm-hmm. super realistic keyframe key facial animation. Cool. Um, based on like living people where there's a ton of reference. So it's like very super granular of like she moves her lips like this when she makes this sound and it's really fascinating and i've learned a ton of stuff um you know i've done a lot of facial animation but this is like levels (laughs) gone and it's great it's again like you're saying about like we're animating this now it's an excuse to go and like dig deep into this thing Right, right and that's the i mean it's like okay well now i'm digging deep into facial animation and the whole thing is all like you know it's all leaning into this like well you know there's this Funneler shape and the way you turn your lips out when you make these shapes i'm like i've never even done that like i've always just made the er and do the thing and it's like well nope this muscle pulls here and like we're we're, everything we talk about is like you have the you know you've got the corrugator muscle let's dial that in a little bit more and it's all about like the physiology of it and so it's like okay that's yeah it's it's you know it's great it's being like okay we're doing specifically this so the idea of of doing like stylized creatures or something like that sounds great because it's, yes. the, opposite of, it's <laughs> the opposite of what i've been doing and then the last couple of shows like i worked on the um aladdin movie and it was a lot of that kind of stuff too okay detailed facial animation and then it's mostly motion capture where you're you know typically when we work with motion capture it's like yeah this is great but that arm gesture doesn't work we're not going to reshoot the motion capture because will smith is long gone working on something else and we're not going to put it you can't like you can do motion blender i guess and blend things together but we didn't end up just like well just blow away that arm and do another gesture and yeah. just make it look like the thing he did in the reference and or in a different shot or or you know find a way to make it look like it fits in that kind of thing so it's interesting in that but it's a lot of the same kind of stuff where it's like okay find a bit of reference that okay i can justify doing this kind of <clears> the hands and it fits into the thing so it's like a its own kind of puzzle so to do something stylized and do something that's like it's based in reality you know it's it's animals and Kind of blending things together but it's something more fantastic yeah it sounds super fun like very cool that sounds sounds great right now
0: well one of the things like i mentioned earlier is just i I love the opportunity to get guys like you in when you look at your resume being in the industry for this long our classes are live the fact that we're able to interact with you it's just it's exciting for me to have someone here like you at teaching at ianimate i know for our students it's going to be a unique opportunity you obviously seem to, you obviously love animation and yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really cool having you here at, uh, as an instructor.
1: Yeah, great. Well, I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, like I said before, like it's yeah, it's I feel like it's the way to learn is yeah. to- yeah get some someone to just kind of like, like go this way go a little bit a little bit this way like you own the creative stuff like you're invested in it but right. let's yeah a little more of this and maybe don't do that yeah yeah
0: very cool yeah that's all it takes well eric thank you so much for your time i look forward yeah, I to can. having you here and uh taking our students to the next level here so thank you very much thanks for having me awesome thank you so much
2: all right, see ya.